Hello, I'm Robert Bateman and this is the Privacy Corner where I talk you through my top three picks for privacy news developments each week. And thank you as always to Privado AI for sponsoring the show. So this week I'll be talking you through Biden's very significant executive order on data transfers from the US rather than to it. The Canadian Office for the Privacy Commissioner has reported that Pornhub's owner, Alo, formerly MindGeek, has violated some Pipeda rules with very devastating consequences. And South Africa has delivered its first direct marketing-related enforcement decision under Popia. So we'll take a look at that and see what to avoid in South Africa. So first up, this executive order on preventing access to Americans' bulk sensitive personal data and United States government related data by countries of concern. Now you will note the proliferation of caveats, even in the title of the executive order, but actually it's a little bit broader than I first thought. So the gist is that Biden will be restricting transfers of bulk sensitive personal data. So bulk has to be bulk, has to be sensitive, and it has to be personal data or United States government related data as further defined by regulations. So these regulations uh, produced by the Department of Justice, the Attorney General, will be very important. They've already issued advance notice of uh, rulemaking. So we'll look at that in just a moment. We know quite a lot about what they have in mind. There will be certain types of transactions here that are restricted. So this is kind of an, a, a deny list model rather than the EU's allow list. Uh, transfers of personal data out of America will be able to go ahead by default unless they are covered by the regulations. We'll also have lots of exemptions, including quite a broad one for the financial services industry, banking and so on. So the types of data involved here are covered personal identifiers. So those are specified by the Department of Justice, or they will be geolocation and sensor data, biometrics, uh, genomic data, personal health data, personal financial data, or combinations thereof. Uh, the combinations part, well, I'll explain why that matters in a moment. And certain things are exempt, data that's made lawfully available by government records, that usual language, and also some types of data the president doesn't have authority to regulate under the Investigation of Emergency Economic Powers Act. So. The context for this is two other executive orders, one issued by Trump in 2019 and a further one building on that issued by Biden in 2021. We don't yet have the list of countries of concerns. I couldn't see it in the advanced rulemaking notice, but those orders were basically about China. You can expect other sanctioned countries to appear on the list too. And these are the types of covered personal data that the Department of Justice would like to see restricted. This is open for comment and there are some nuances here. So we've got government issued IDs, we've got financial account numbers, device identifiers, demographic or contact data, including first and last name, birth date, zip code and so on. Advertising identifiers, they specifically cite Google, Apple here, and also mobile advertising IDs, MAIDs. Uh, account authentication data, so usernames, passwords, 
network-based identifiers, so IP addresses, this reminds me of the Google Analytics cases in, in Austria and so on, and call detail data, so that's customer proprietary network information, CPNI. Now, this is not as straightforward as it might appear. So just names in isolation or just birth dates in isolation, let's take that example, uh, might not be covered data. It depends how, the, the, it depends on the context. So there are some examples in the order. Here we have, uh, if you're watching, I've colored in red the transfer that would not be allowed to go ahead, and in green, the one that would be under the DOJ's proposals. So in the disallowed example, we have uh, information about LGBTQ plus military officers. So quite a frank example here, being made exploitable by a country of concern. In the allowed example, we do have birth dates involved, but without other listed identifiers or sensitive personal data. Uh, so it seems that there is this concept of identifiability, even though they have a list of data types, it will still need to be identifiable. Um, the US, well, we're seeing different interpretations of what identifiability means. The FTC uh, enforces a lot of privacy cases at the moment, and they have quite a broad interpretation. So we'll see which one wins out. Now, next up is MindGeek. This is the company that owns Pornhub and another one, YouPorn, and they are in trouble in Canada. This is a report from the Office of the Privacy Commissioner, the OPC, and it's about, well, the story is a user of YouPorn or Pornhub, let's say it's Pornhub, it's a various MindGeek websites, uploaded a video of his ex-girlfriend, and the website asked whether he had her consent. He said yes, and he did not. So the video has been shared across the whole internet. This poor woman is getting messages from strangers. She has supposedly withdrawn from her social life, lost an employment opportunity, and lives in a constant state of fear and anxiety after this incident. She put in a, a takedown request to MindGeek, which they complied with in respect of their own websites, but it was too late. It was already on 80 other websites, and there are at least 700 instances of this video online. So the, the commissioner says she permanently lost control over her intimate images. Really, really bad case. If you want to find a frank example of the harms that can be created from violating data protection and privacy law, this is a very good example. So MindGeek says they have a verification process where they ask uploaders to put in ID, and this should put them off because, uh, you know, it should put them off sharing non-consensual material because they might get referred to law enforcement or they might be banned from the site. However, until October 2022, a person whose account had been banned from one of these sites could simply make a new account with a different username and email address, according to the Privacy Commissioner. And 70% of audited uploaders failed to provide any proof that they had received consent from people in the video. And also, MindGeek has apparently, at the time of writing this report last year, had never uh, referred any user to law enforcement 
for this sort of issue. They had done for CSAM, uh, child sexual abuse material, but not for non-consensual videos involving adults. So this is a report from the Privacy Commissioner and it only includes recommendations to MindGeek. Now this is a very serious matter and is probably affecting thousands and thousands of people, namely mostly women I, I expect, and they have they, they reportedly had a very onerous process by which people could request takedown of their content, or content involving them. But the thing is with the Canadian data protection law, PIPEDA, it's old, it's out of date, and it is actually quite complicated to enforce, as I understand it. MindGeek pushed back hard against this report. They took it to judicial review, which failed. So now the commission is able to publish it. And they did try to force some compliance measures on MindGeek, but MindGeek reportedly has not done anything recommended yet. So the commissioner's press release and the report itself do not specify what will happen if MindGeek doesn't fix these problems, but I think it will involve taking a case to the federal court and could be quite a long-winded, expensive and difficult process. So Canada, you know, they, they, they are updating their privacy laws, a lot of issues uh, with those updates too, as I understand it. Now in South Africa, the Personal Information, or oh, Protection of Personal Information Act, POPIA, passed all the way back in 2013, but we've only had enforcement of it for the last year or two. And we now have the first direct marketing related case under this law. It's very long-winded, the reasons why that law took so long to gradually kick in. So far, we've had cases against the South African Police Force. That was, they were using WhatsApp inappropriately. We've had one against the Department of Justice um, for a data breach. And we also have one against a company called Dischem, a pharmacy company uh, for another data breach. So this one is against a training consultancy firm who allegedly sent countless direct marketing messages to a potential customer and blatantly ignored their pleas to unsubscribe. So the consent rules are quite strict under here. Uh, for direct marketing and the training provider appears not to have complied with those. There's no fine attached here. There are some quite interesting uh, corrective measures. So the company has to use a specific form designed by the regulator to get consent from new uh, recipients of their direct marketing. They have to compile and maintain a database of anyone who has not consented or who has opted out and they have to submit the that, regulate, uh, that database to the regulator. So some interesting work. I've spoken to some people from the information regulator in South Africa, if you must. Uh, they, 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 they were very impressive, actually, when I, when I spoke to them. So it'd be interesting to see how popular enforcement develops. So thanks so much. That's all from me this week. I went to the IAP conference on Wednesday. If I met you there, it was lovely to meet you because everyone who I met was very nice. And uh, I'll see you next week.